0: SQL Down Under is a podcast for professionals working in the SQL Server community. SQL Server is a trademark of Microsoft Corporation. Opinions expressed during the podcast are individual opinions and may not reflect the opinions of SQL Down Under or of Microsoft Corporation. Introducing Show 83 with guest Davide Mori. Guest today is Davide. Davide is a Principal Program Manager on the Azure SQL DB team. So welcome, Davide. Hey, Greg. Thanks a lot for having me. So good to talk to you again, indeed. Yep. And so one of the things that uh, we've started to look at here, I'm starting a series of shows now looking at SQL Server 2022, given the fact it's mm-hmm. uh, out the door. And, but right. one of the things that I did like about it is there's a number of things which are a little bit more developer-oriented, which I, yes. I, uh, I've i been a bit sad <laughs> there haven't been that many in recent versions. So I'm just loving the fact there's there's a few things here. And yeah. one of the ones that I thought was quite a little bit out of left field uh, for some people is the SP Invoke external REST endpoint. And right. so tell us about that one because I know you're deeply involved. Yeah,
1: <clears throat> Yeah. so two things uh, that I just want to highlight. Um, first of all, uh, keep an eye out because there will be many more features coming uh, for developers in the next uh, year. of course on Azure because it's easier for us to release there but uh, definitely they will mm. end also. In, in SQL Server. So, yeah, actually, problems. that's
0: a really good shout out. Is that one of the things I love about being on Azure SQL DB is I get to use all this stuff yeah, right before yeah. before it ends up in the other yeah. product. And so, that's yeah, right. it's like uh, some of the T SQL things like you know, greatest and least and so on, I've been yeah. using them for so long now. It's just awesome. That's so, right. yes, that's
1: right. So Azure SQL DB is the place to be. <laughs> oh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and of course, I understand that not everyone can move to the cloud. Mm-hmm. So, we, 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 Still loving a lot. Uh, SQL Server will never uh, stop loving it. I definitely, yep. I won't. Uh, but of course, we are trying to to make everyone happy, both on premises and in the cloud. Mm. Definitely, dev- and definitely, developers are are in our focus. Uh, and as you would say, I would say, finally, <laughs> I agree mm. with you. We needed to refocus a bit on developers and we are doing that yeah. and... The SP, invoke external REST endpoint, probably the name, uh, the longest name ever. I'm, I'm sorry, but we had to comply with naming rules and everything that was already in place is is a, an example of that. It's just the first one, but it's a good one, I think.
0: Worth but, noting, this is Azure SQL DB only. That's right. At the moment. Yep.
1: Yes. It's limited to SQL DB only at the moment. We already have received many, many requests to move it uh, to port it to SQL Server and to uh, SQL MI. Mm-hmm. we will be working on that for sure. There are a little bit more challenges doing it uh, on those platform, uh, mainly for some security reason that where we have less control of what we can have on Azure SQL and security for this feature is literally the first thing I usually, um, I, I get the question on mm-hmm. because everyone is, you know, uh, potentially it can, be, it can be yeah dangerous to call any REST endpoint from Azure or SQL or SQL Server, mm-hmm. right? Because you really need to trust a thousand point in order to pass the data or consume any data that uh, yeah. is coming from them. <clears throat> so security so, for us, is, uh, I say it, yeah, it's a it's minus important. one yeah. uh, priority for us, like not even zero. is our <laughs> highest priority, right? For me, right for me, was minus one. Like that's the mm-hmm. thing that we need to do right, security there.
0: Cool. Hey, so listen, maybe we start with, why do I want to do this at all? Why, why am I interested yeah. in this proc? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's a good question. And uh, actually just, to give you some numbers, uh, since we, we 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 are happy to be a data-driven company, I think 70% of the developers I interviewed, and I interviewed uh, several hundreds, uh, mm-hmm. mentioned that the ability to call an Azure function from Azure SQL directly was definitely their most desired uh, feature, mm. for which we didn't have any support at the time. You can call an Azure function today from SQL MI or from SQL Server because you can create your own uh, code, write your own code with SQL CLR, right? So you can do pretty much mm. everything. But, of course, it's not exactly super simple. Uh, it requires you to know how to write C-sharp code, how to make it run in, into SQL Server. And so it can be tricky. So the mm. request was, I just want to be able to call an Azure function because with Azure function, I can do everything, right? I can... Yeah process the data in ways that I can't do in in, in Azure SQL. I can send us an SMS message. I can uh, uh, send a message to Event Hub. Uh, you know, it's it's literally everything. It's a function, uh, written yeah. in any language. So you have all the power of any C Sharp, Python, Rust, um, mm. languages that are supported in Azure Function. So, so I guess this, this it, opens the door to lots and lots of things. Uh, yeah. that you could,
0: and I think the thing I like about it is that it, makes the database fit
1: better into the Azure ecosystem as well. That's right. That's definitely mm. the the, the, the uh, what I think was the kind of idea behind this request, the need behind the request. It was not just Azure Function, but just I need to hook my database much more into the Azure ecosystem. For example, mm. I would like to be able to send uh, some data that is in my database into Event Hub, right, for yeah. event-driven or event grid for event-driven processing or reactive uh, architectures. I would like to call a logic app. Maybe I'm a DBA and mm. I just want to be, you know, notified with something happened and I, I just have my script and I would like to receive an SMS or email. And today I can't, or at the mm. time uh, you couldn't. So the, I guess the, the 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 background idea was just integration. That was the, yeah. the main push. And, Actually, uh, Event
0: Hub and uh, the associated things like Event Grid and so on. The, yeah. These for those that haven't played around with that. So this. This is really, really powerful because mm-hmm. uh, it gives us the ability to reach out and put things in a queue effectively. Exactly. And And the, this is one of the things I've sort of missed in Azure SQL DB because I don't have service broker. And yeah. uh, sometimes you just need to be able to have sort of a message driven yeah. type architecture.
1: Yeah, and, and for that, Event Hub, Event Grid are just perfect. Uh, so that, that was the original idea, so support Azure Function. But while we were developing the, the feature, we realized that uh, with a very small change, we could support basically any uh, REST endpoint. Now mm-hmm. I say REST, uh, and I know that uh, it's not exactly correct, uh, but we just had to pick a name that was as meaningful as possible. In, in theory, yeah. you can call any HTTP endpoint, right? But today we limit the payload uh, to, to be JSON only. So let's say that rest is the closest name we could use to mm-hmm. to basically you know give a meaningful name to the feature right without a, without having a name that's even yeah. longer than what we already have
0: it probably needs to be an https endpoint no too, that's it? right that's yeah. right
1: mm. we only support https and only only json at the moment but this allows me to remember that uh, this feature is under public preview, which Mm -hmm. means that everyone can use it. It's just available in any database. We support it. The only thing we we don't do is provide SLA as we do for regular uh, GA products or feature. But Mm -hmm. uh, uh, at the same time, uh, not only you can use it for free, of course, and it will be free because this will never be charged. It's just part of Azure SQL. But uh, you can also, this is the right time to provide us any feedback on the feature. So for example, right now, we are limiting to JSON support uh, only we are receiving feedback, for example, that we should also support XML and uh, just plain text, especially- And this is in terms of the payload? Yeah, in terms of the payload, yes. And this is coming for customers that are using this feature to, let's say, modernize their existing database. So imagine mm. you just migrated your database in Azure SQL. And now with this, you can immediately start to take advantage of, as you said, Event Hub, Azure Function, Cognitive Services, without literally changing or recompiling your application. Because if you're part of your business logic or part of your data manipulation logic, which is what I like to, to call the logic you put in your your storage procedure is in storage procedure and not in the application, you can start to take advantage of this feature right away without having to recompile anything. And maybe, you know, you start to to use a little bit better all all the resources and the features we have in Azure in general. And so it's a specific list of endpoints that are allowed at present? That's right. So that's another thing that it's it's related to the security need we had. uh, And Mm -hmm. again, we started with that in mind in the first place. So one of the biggest challenge we had to to figure out uh, is how to make sure that you can only call a service that uh, you trust. And now we Mm -hmm. can, in Azure, we can assume that uh, you trust what is in Azure, right? So how can we prevent uh, someone to, you know, use the SP invoke external standpoint to exfiltrate data to kind of a malicious website has been created on purpose uh, to steal that data right maybe of course Mm -hmm. you want to protect your data so one the first thing we want to do is to avoid dns poisoning attacks or ssrf attacks uh, which basically would allow an attacker to or manipulate the dns uh, if we don't own the dns let's say you want to send something to your own personal website you own the dns you could uh, change the dns to be localhost and then you will be automatically able to connect to the, ser- the server that hosts Azure SQL potentially having access mm-hmm. to you know, everything. Uh, and of course yeah. we don't want that to happen. So we have several uh, countermeasures in place and, that, and, and guard guardrails that will prevent that. Uh, and the easiest one to explain uh, is that we have an allow list of domains that you can uh, connect to, or you can uh, send a request to, which basically are all the Azure domain that provide some service. So Azure function, mm-hmm. container instances, container apps, uh, container up, uh, apps is coming um, Cognitive services, Power BI, almost everything that comes to mind. It's a pretty long list. Mm. Uh, And if uh, you have a service that is not supported yet, or you have your own service, maybe hosted in Google, uh, Compute Cloud, or uh, Amazon, or wherever, you can always uh, create an API gateway using a service in Azure called API Management that literally allows you to connect to everything and anything Mm. in the world. That's well, pretty powerful.
0: I suppose you got two options. Yeah. One is that you could sort of repurpose an external thing using API management or the yeah. uh, or in the end, if you're calling an Azure function, it can do pretty much anything yeah, anyway. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm. You can you can create your own code, but let's say for a DBA maybe or a you know analyst that doesn't know or like a base analyst that works with Power BI that may not know how to write C sharp code or Python code, API management would be an option without even writing code. Course, if you Mm. can create your own function, yeah, you can do everything.
0: Now, to be able to call this, this is not just something that anybody can do. So, there's permissions specifically on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, of course, we added a new permission because the store procedure is available in the database, right? Mm -hmm. But only those who are administrator by default or have a new specific permission called grant. Sorry, execute any
0: external endpoint. Yeah. Yeah, That's the one. Yeah. So let's so, yeah,
1: make sure yeah. that if, if a DBA doesn't want uh, anyone to use it uh, they can they still can you know mm. basically disable it uh, yep. just to you know lock down the database if they need to do so. Hmm.
0: Yeah no no it looks it looks really good at and um, what's already there. the uh, so basically the parameters you're passing to it, so mm-hmm. you've got the URL that you want to talk yeah. to, obviously right. uh, which we said yeah. needs to be an HTTP endpoint. yeah, the payload, that's right. Uh, which we said it's currently a lump of JSON. And that's yes, because we don't actually have a JSON data type. That's a yeah, in we Varchar don't have Mac. It,
1: yes. Yeah. Hmm. So for uh, now, it's just text.
0: Yeah. Although I, I do like, I'm going to put a separate show up on the JSON changes in mm-hmm. uh, the current version yeah. of SQL Server as well. Yeah, there's some really nice additional oh, yeah. uh, things that have been added there, which help with this, I might yep. add. So, exactly. Um, then, of course, you might need headers to yes. be passed. And so I noticed that there was a list of headers that you're not allowed to use, like there's uh, forbidden headers. Uh, yeah, something. that's
1: mm. something I, I, I discovered while, while studying and, and, and understanding exactly how to build this, uh, this procedure. And yeah, apparently there are a certain set of uh, headers that you are not allowed to use anyway because they are basically mm-hmm. injected by the host or by the browser. And honestly, it's probably, you know, headers that you would not use anyway. Yeah. There are a couple that we are, you know, deciding if we really want to allow to modify or not. Like, for example, mm-hmm. the acceptator. So you can decide to send JSON, maybe receive XML. It's pretty yeah. uncommon. So we
0: see. Yeah, because it. normally it's just, yeah, accept is saying, hey, I, yeah. you got the option to say what format you want it in. But yes. every time I ever see it called, it says JSON. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. That's, that's so it's not they, a big I restriction. Would, yeah, ninety
1: yeah. percent. That's why we started with that, and so far mm. so good. And then yeah. one that did surprise
0: me is that you had mm. a limit on the method name. So like get, post, put,
1: patch. Yeah, uh, delete. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's related to security again because uh, mm. we really, really want to make sure that this feature cannot create any security, all right? So Mm -hmm. the first way is to make sure that we lock down all the possible, let's say malicious users can be done. And so by strictly limiting what you can do to the most common method, we are evaluating if to support query, which is a new method that is Begin to be proposed, but uh, in general, uh, by by limiting the support to the method we 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 know makes sense for this call. Like for example, using a pre-flight check here option probably be be useful at all. So why someone Mm -hmm. should use it? Well, we said they shouldn't, uh, and so if they try, we will just uh, you know raise an error because we don't want that or by mistake or because someone is trying to Mm -hmm. do something. uh, you know not exactly clear uh, someone can gain unauthorized access to anything mm. so really and so security... and the default
0: the default is a post as well isn't so the, the
1: default is a post yeah because it's mm. probably the most common to push data with a payload yeah uh, as a developer you know there is a huge discussion if the get should support a payload or not it's the, mm-hmm. you know kind of a religious thing here yeah so <laughs> it. yeah let's Indeed. just go with post and then you know developer can always change to to, to go to the common yeah. one yeah
0: now look, some of these things could take quite a while to run. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so obviously there is a timeout allowed in there. Yes, but I suppose there's also some sanity thing in terms of what makes sense in terms of uh, calls that you make to something, the uh, particularly where you're waiting for a synchronous response. <laughs>
1: yep, yeah. So, uh, so first of all, I tell you something interesting. Internally, the call is already asynchronous. Because uh, uh, we want to reliably allow you to stop the call, and actually, just stopping an HTTP REST uh, sorry an HTTP call using the Win Win HTTP, HTTP library is not that easy. So we mm. already wrapped everything into an asynchronous call that we can easily manage. Yeah. Now the 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 we decided to start with the synchronous uh, let's say approach for what concerns the usage we expose to the end user is because as you said we are not arrived to the point yet where we have the service broker or an asynchronous queuing mechanism Hmm. so we decided to start with the synchronous because definitely it's simpler to start with we could release this feature quite uh, quickly and uh, if you really need to do a synchronous operation today you still have two options external to Azure SQL, but still pretty viable. One is to, instead of calling a Azure function directly, let's say your function you want to call or endpoint takes 15 seconds, right? Which is mm-hmm. way too long for any meaningful operation database usually. So what yep. you can do is or offload your message to event tab and then use the event tab to call the Azure function on yep. your behalf. So basically you are putting your message in an external queue mm. or using Azure, Azure durable function, which also provides a very nice way to make asynchronous call, right? Yeah. So that's... No, the, in fact,
0: yeah, that that, that makes perfect sense because yeah. I know in the past we've done, in SQL Server, we did things like asynchronous triggers by... Yeah having a trigger fire put an entry, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Let's say we updated an address in a table. We have a trigger fire that puts an entry in service broker that then goes off and geo locates the address and then updates the data so you yes. could do the same thing that's right by pushing it out into event hub or something yeah like that.
1: and it's super fast yesterday i was recording mm. another another subject uh, and uh, yeah basically it's all i think we are way lower than 50 milliseconds to do mm-hmm. the whole process so you know if you are in a trigger which i i would say i would not recommend to put this story procedure in a trigger today mm-hmm. but let's say you need to uh, which is the worst case uh, scenario still you know Taking the JSON, sending it, waiting for the answer, and, you know, putting everything into Event Hub, it takes like less than 50 milliseconds. Which, again, it may not be suitable for uh, super uh, high-concurrent and uh, highly loaded uh, Mm. database, but for a vast majority of use cases, it's probably more than enough. And, yeah, look,
0: most scenarios where you'd want to do yeah. that, I mean, it's, you know, as I said, it's like updating customer address or something. It's, it's exactly, like a exactly. periodic thing that doesn't happen yeah. all the time. But the, uh, yeah, we, is, is we, there anything much uh, held up inside the database resources wise while the call is running?
1: Oh, no, it's uh, so we we try to be as super uh, efficient as possible to mm-hmm. just avoid to use, you know, too many resources in database. So the, we just added, uh, you know, a new wait type uh, to inform you if we are waiting while we're waiting, like, for example, the the result of an execution of, a, uh, sorry, waiting for the result of an execution of a function. But other than that, uh, CPU usage is minimal. Of course, if you are sending 100 megabyte uh, of JSON, mm. we need to handle that 100 megabyte. But it's not that we are going to allocate 100 megabyte because yeah. basically we are just using the nvarkar behavior behind the scene, which is optimized anyway. So I would say that this should not put any pressure in any database, mm-hmm. uh, both on the memory, I definitely not from IO or or CPU perspective.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. what I was sort of concerned about is I remember with SQL CLR, one of the mm-hmm. issues with calling out to web services yeah. and things, I remember there was a discussion about holding up completion ports or something you know there there was something that was oh,
1: well, something that wouldn't yeah. scale
0: very well yeah, yeah.
1: so that, that that's one of the reasons why we started also with Azure SQL because for us mm. we control the whole network stack here right so it's yeah. a little bit easier for us so we added some guard again to make sure that um, you get throttled if you are on a very slow skew so let's say you have two core or four cores mm-hmm. and so of course you have a limited number of threads right that you can use inside the database yeah and, uh, and so So we limit you to a certain number, 10% by default, Mm -hmm. to the number of threads you can use in order to avoid you to just have runaway, I don't know, loop cycle or whatever, where you start to open up a lot of uh, concurrent requests. But beside that, that is mainly done to guarantee, uh, especially other other people using the database in the same server, so to to, to avoid the noisy neighbor problem. Mm -hmm. But also we try to do as much as possible optimization behind the scenes. So if we are connecting to a service that supports HTTP2, for example, we do multiplexing of the connection. So it's very efficient. We spent a lot of time on security networking. And I I, I think so far I'm pretty confident it should not pose any Mm. problem to anyone. Yeah.
0: No, that's good. And so if you make a call, what's the effect of the throttling? It returns an error?
1: Yeah, yeah, you will get, uh, so if you go on, the, there is, of course, everything is documented. So you will get uh, one or two errors, depending if you are on a single database or you, uh, you are on a uh, Elastic Pool. Mm. But basically, it says that your amount of concurrent connection has been reached. And so yeah. the, the basically the request has been denied. So mm-hmm. you can just retry it by creating your own uh, try and catch block uh, if yep. that happens. Or, yeah, just, just quit and uh, you know, try again later. Yeah. <laughs> and and,
0: and so it. that throttling, so if it's a single database, that mm-hmm. that makes sense. If it's
1: part of a pool, yeah. then the throttling is at the pool level? That's exactly right, yes. Yeah, so you have like a elastic pool of 4vCores. Uh, all database in that elastic pool uh, will basically share uh, the throttling limit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah again, that's because basically we are trying to avoid... Uh, to have, I don't know, a thousand requests per second or yeah. better, concurrent request on a very small CPU. Uh, so and the I suppose the
0: the next thing is that many of these sites need some form of authentication. Ah uh, yes. Uh, and so the right. last thing you want to be doing is putting usernames and passwords in the proc and so yeah, on. So the database scope credentials.
1: Yeah, you store, you you have, you, you have uh, two options, uh, but both are within the, data, the, the The fact that you need to create, as you mentioned, database corporate credential. So mm-hmm. you can decide to create a database corporate credential where you store your, uh, let's say, authentication token, could be a better yep. token. And then uh, you tell us uh, if you want uh, to put that uh, authentication uh, c- secret in the header or in the query stream. Like, for example, with mm-hmm. Azure Function, you can uh, simply... Put something in the query string, and uh, and then uh, you know they will work anyway. Some mm-hmm. other service uh, requires you to use the header. For example, if you are using a bearer token, so you yep. can do that. And uh, also, the administrator must give you, unless you are the administrator, must give you the permission to use that credential. So again, here there are there is a full separation of concern. Who uses the credential may not be the same person that created the credential for obvious yeah. reason.
0: that's that's the beautiful thing. There is that. Uh, yeah with something like a database scope credential i can not everybody has to know what the value is exactly so you can create the exactly. credential and give somebody else permission to use exactly. it.
1: Yeah. Mm. now or the third option that again you can manage with with database scope credential anyway is to just use msi so if you mm-hmm. have configured managed identity both the system or the user supplied managed identity for your azure sql server mm-hmm. in this case you can yeah, use is that
0: server or database though
1: yeah for now it's at the server level yeah
0: yeah yep, that's yep, it's yep. one of the things that are, is is a, a bit of a concern to me with a, a number of these things because I, I have the same yep. thing with uh, for example power bi doesn't support that mm-hmm. yet but even if it did I, I don't think i'd want that at the service level i'd want it at the data set level or yeah. something like that you know because it's connect it's the thing that's connecting to the data source to that's right, to do that that's right. yeah
1: Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we, of course, we started uh, with what we have, but I understand that, for example, would be great. You could even use the the some some database user, of course, as long as they are AD yeah. user, to basically pass that authentication to the service instead of just using the one of the Azure SQL Server. We would be working on that, but definitely managed identity at least supported at the server level was again one of the. Top requested feature for, for this specific story procedure, especially by enterprises where they just have everything managed. Uh, use, they just use managed entities everywhere. Mm. They're trying to kill password. Uh, and so they, they really want to be able to say, okay, I, I I want to use this managed identity to connect to my Azure function or to Event Hub so that developer doesn't have any to worry about secrets mm. or password or whatever.
0: Hi, this is Greg. Just wanted to thank you for listening to this show and let you know that if you'd like to let me teach you more about SQL Server, we now have both free courses and low-cost courses available online and on demand. The courses include detailed hands-on lab work for you to complete to reinforce your learning, and there are more courses coming in the next few months. You'll find details at training.sqldownunder.com. What, what about directly accessing Azure AD? Is that, I think that um, isn't in the list, is yeah, it?
1: Yeah, no. So we support graph.microsoft.com, so mm-hmm. you should be able. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, just heads up, uh, we just discovered that on uh, some Azure SQL uh, databases, uh, you will get an error if you try to connect to Graph Microsoft. There is some issues going on with the DNS. We already resolved the, the, the issue, so we are just waiting for the fix to deploy. But in case you get, and I, I literally updated the document this morning, in case you get a, a strange DNS error, like a Winsock error that definitely you would not expect to see, yeah. you know, just take that out of API management and that will serve as a workaround right now. But yeah, we yep. support direct connection to graph.microsoft.com, so you should mm-hmm. be able to get any information that you need from the Microsoft Graph. Good.
0: And then, as the, uh, so we said earlier, the response that comes back
1: mm-hmm. is
0: at the moment it's going to be json regardless because right. uh, because we've injected that in the header anyway the um, but the response itself is kind of wrapped inside a a sort of a, a, Jason, yeah. a json object yeah yeah so yeah uh, and yeah, where we yeah. pick up the status and all those exactly. sort of things come back there rather than as output parameters or something
1: that's right. That's right. We we found that I mean at least that that was my opinion, and it was confirmed by several developers that especially right now, since as you mentioned before, we are investing quite a lot to improve our JSON support. If you have access as a developer to a JSON document and you have an easy way to extract the data you need, and today we have in Azure SQL right, with Open JSON or JSON Value and all this kind of uh, feature we added uh, before and uh, also lately, it's very easy to extract the result you want and turn it into a table. So yeah. we we went with that because literally we don't know what kind of headers and what kind of results we will get. We just know mm. that it will be JSON-like. And uh, talking with developers specifically, not just SQL developers, but developers in general, they just prefer JSON than maybe having to then manipulate a table or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, prepare totally, a table. Yeah,
0: yeah so... Yeah, that that that'll be the easiest by by a long long way. I think yeah. the uh, being able to use that that that's that's really <laughs> good. And so well, I suppose what happens with errors? So if I hit a site that doesn't exist, do I get an error or do I get yeah, a response uh, that's, back that's, with a 404? Yeah, that's
1: it? an interesting question. Uh, that's another one that uh, took uh, a while to figure exactly what is. Uh, I think right now the correct behavior. So uh, the the rule is simple: if we can make the HTTPS call we will never generate an exception, which means that Mm -hmm. the story procedure will run just fine. Of course, you may get a response that says 401, you've been denied or anything that happened on the HTTP side. It it might be an error for HTTP, but the story procedure will just work fine. So you you receive the response and then you open the JSON that you receive and then it will contain all the, the metadata, like the headers that the service sent back, the error code, Whatever. So then, it's up to you to decide if you want to retry or or do anything else. We will generate an exception that you have to try. Uh, uh, you know, sorry, uh, with the begin try begin catch in Azure SQL. If we cannot make the call, like for example, we cannot resolve the DNS. There is an issue with memory. Mm-hmm. There is any error that prevent us to do the call. Well, in that case, we will generate an exception or raise an exception.
0: Yeah, got it. Yeah and so we said earlier so https calls and so Mm -hmm. i presume at least tls 1.2 that's
1: right yeah (laughs) yeah we just went all in with security so only https tls Mm -hmm. 1.2 we don't even follow http redirect for the reason explained before because we don't trust anyone except the domain we own yeah um so if you receive a 304 for example you will still get the answer and then you will see in the, the json we return uh, what is the website uh, that you are trying to be redirected to then it's up to mm-hmm. you to you know follow the redirect so issuing another request with the uh, correct website or just you know stop there but again we really i mean we are on a database where data is basically the key value there right so we yeah. just want to make sure that the security comes first and everything else is is then later mm.
0: And listen, in the header, I suppose there's also a user agent. So does it pretend yeah. to be some browser or does it just say, I'm oh, a SQL no, server? No, no. Or, we,
1: yeah. we just passed the, basically the Azure SQL version. Uh, so you would mm-hmm. get a, a new user agent, Azure SQL something. Right now yeah. it's 12.2,000.8, if I remember correctly.
0: No, that's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so Thanks, Greg. I th- look, I think that's probably pretty much what people need to know to to have a go at it. Have you seen any interesting things people are using it
1: for as yet? Yeah, uh, so we started uh, thinking about this, you know, thinking about developers and definitely there are many developers already using uh, Connect to Azure Function for doing interesting Mm -hmm. stuff. But uh, I wasn't expecting also such enthusiasm from the Power BI community. So several people mentioned that this can help, for example, to monitor ETLs because basically in your SQL script, now you can simply send a message somewhere that tells, hey, I'm here, I'm there. And so you can easily monitor where your script is, or you can mm-hmm. use it for logging uh, to send, you know, some log information to Event Hub that is out of a transaction scope, of course. So mm-hmm. you have a sort of a logging that then you can consume with uh, whatever, like let's say, for example, uh, Explorer. Uh, or uh, to query DAX. So that's uh, um, right. Directly
0: to Log Analytics, though I'm presuming, so uh, would have to go via something. I else. I, I, I hmm.
1: just saw someone doing it via Event Hub, so they were landing uh, yeah. there, logging into Event Hub, and then they were passing it to hmm. it Explorer. Now it just um, becomes an
0: interesting option for instrumentation, then, doesn't it? So
1: that's right. Hmm. That's right. And the other option mm-hmm. was uh, that someone said, hey, I can query and can execute a DAX query with that because now uh, yep. Power BI has a execute queries endpoint. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. I have a demo where you can query DAX, you know, data source from Azure SQL yeah. and right away you have the answer there. So this is pretty cool for a reverse ETL yeah. pattern. So, or, or something that is coming, you know, becoming quite popular right now. Mm. Now you don't even need any external tool. I'm not saying that you should not, use adf or you know databricks or whatever yeah please do and continue doing that if you have that need but if you just have a simple need before you didn't get a simple answer right you mm. always had to spin up something else which is you know <laughs> as a cost and yeah also look complex. It,
0: it is really important thing we Often uh, we use ADF to orchestrate things yeah. more so than to, I mean, it, we do use it to move data around, obviously, yeah. but uh, but often if we need something orchestrated in SQL Server, that's one of the places, or Azure SQL DB. The other one for us is, of course, something like analysis services where, you know, after the ETL finishes, I want mm-hmm. to do the processing of the tables in the right. data model, or and same with yeah. Power BI. So uh, so to me, those sort of things are interesting because the... the alternate view is the Power BI folk tend to think the other way around, like, you know, they (laughs) will schedule when the refreshes occur. But to me, that doesn't work for me because I've got an ETL process and that has to finish before the other thing happens. And so,
1: yeah, it's kind of nice to be able to control that from within the database. Exactly. And again, the Mm. the main point of this feature is to make something that should have been simple right from the beginning, now finally simple. Now, it's up to, you know, developers and and, uh, BI people to just understand if that's the right uh, use case for them. But definitely mm-hmm. now simple things are simple, which is the main goal, which is great. Awesome.
0: Well, bef- coming up to time, but uh, yeah. anywhere that people will see you
1: or things coming up, David? Oh yeah, next year I will be, uh, definitely I will be a SQL Beats. I just booked mm-hmm. everything yesterday. So Lucky so, you, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, I hope to have early next year something very interesting to announce, uh, especially mm-hmm. for developers, but literally for everyone that lives uh, you know, with data. And then yeah, conferences, blog. I recently recorded an Azure Friday episode, so you will also see me there. Right. Yeah, so everywhere there is something to to discuss and talk about Azure SQL I try to be there. Yeah. Well listen,
0: thank you so very much for your time today, yeah David.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Greg.